0: Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. on everyone to a fresh episode of GTF Gabriel Talks Football. My name is Aldo Gandia and before we get started I want to remind people who are loyal listeners of this show that the Barroom Draft exclusives has opened and that's Greg Gabriel and Danny Shimon providing detailed scouting reports on dozens of college prospects the Bears might be interested or maybe not in the eyes of Greg. So we play a little promo for you and then we'll bring uh, Greg on.
1: What I liked about him when I saw him in person at the East West. So I think this kid gives you a lot of potential in terms of what you're looking for up front. I see him in the Bears offense as a Z or a slot receiver not the X because they want the real big guy playing the X. He could be sitting out there in the third round and you could be getting a guy that could be your situational pass rusher. I think he's a perfect fit for what I been told the Bears are looking for it. This is
0: my three technique for the Bears, especially if you don't take a guy like Jalen Carter at the top of the draft. This will be a nice pickup. fits perfectly in the system.
1: My gut feeling is this would not be a guy the Bears would take.
0: It's a good name because that's a guy that I'm intrigued by. Obviously, here with, with the Bears, you know, defensive line, defensive front is is a huge need.
1: I think he's the best center in in, in this draft.
0: I got to tell you, uh, for this upcoming draft, which I've been saying is going to be historical uh, for weeks, months, maybe, and uh, I have never been as prepared for an upcoming draft as I am for this one. And that's primarily because of the work of Danny Shiman and this man, Greg Gabriel. How are you, my friend? I'm doing <laughs> real good. How about you? really really good. We knocked out uh how many? Uh, another dozen or so players uh the other day that will be posted yeah, shortly.
1: I, well, I as far as I go, I'm over 80, I know that. Yep. And, and 80 and
0: recording journey. Nope,
1: you know, if, if there's players that jump out of the combine at the end of this week and um, outperform expectations because don't forget I always say that. You know, there's you you're going to see Workout start on Thursday. Around Saturday, you're going to start seeing that Joe Schmo just jumped two rounds at the combine. Okay, <laughs> Doesn't happen. Stop, you know, it, it, All it does is like, okay, red flag, and maybe it's a yellow flag or whatever, but just let's go back and check what mm-hmm. we have on this guy and make sure it's the right thing because 90% of the time, what you had originally is the right grade because that's yeah. off of the fall. Don't put too much emphasis in them running around naked now. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, <laughs> you know, it's not football. And, well, we'll get into it later. But these guys have been doing nothing except preparing <laughs> for this event the last six weeks. They've been at these performance camps and they – you know, rehearse everything that they do. So, like in the three cone and the 20 yard shuttle, which are important timed events, they're getting their mm-hmm. footwork down perfectly. So, what surprises us is when somebody has a poor workout. Okay. Especially, you know, and, and you can go back to, and, and, and sometimes it's not indicative of what kind of player he is. But well, let's go back to one that he got killed for his workout. I mean, the media was saying, it was the worst workout in the history of the combine. His name is Orlando Brown. He's going to be getting the contract north of $20 million a year mm-hmm. in the next couple uh, weeks. But it hurt him because, I mean, people knew he wasn't going to be a star athlete. You could just yeah. look at him and see how big he is. And, I, and I've met him and talked to him, and he's really a nice guy. But, you know, he's not going to be a dancing bear. It's not the yeah. way he's built. He's huge. But his numbers, as compared to everybody else, were atrocious. But, hey, Mm -hmm. go back to what he did in the fall. Because during the fall, leading up to the combine, people were saying, first round, first round, first round. You know, so (laughs) the tape is what tells you if the guy can play or not.
0: Indeed. Indeed. Uh, We're going to talk a lot more about the combine in the second half of the show. I wanted to start with free agency because that is always the kind of overlooked uh, process in this. we talked about draft for months and months. Everybody's super excited about the draft, but the excitement level for the free agency is a little bit more tempered, and I guess that's because we don't know exactly who is going to be a free agent because there's still time for contracts to be signed, players to remain with the teams that they are now. Um, so, Greg, what I'd like to do is first ask you, What's going on now with pro personnel?s Do they have their board for free agents? Are 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 they discussing this? War room sessions, excuse the term, war room, uh, uh, head skull, brain skull sessions regarding all the free agents available. Tell, talk to me a little bit about that process.
1: Okay. Well, first, I got to tell you that your face is frozen in time on the other oh. side of the screen. So I don't know if that has anything to do with the audio, but. Uh, uh, no one's complaining yet, so <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, it, it's an ongoing process, and it's mm. been ongoing. You have, you know, I don't know how many members they have in in the uh, the pro department, or, or people they have in the pro department uh, for the Bears. W- when I was there, there was three full time pro guys. There was the director and two assistants, and then you know Jerry and I would. Augment their work, especially if it was a guy we were interested in. So, and, and they would divvy up the work and, and they'd start their work in the fall because they're, they're doing uh, it, it, the, the pro department in the fall is constantly keeping a ready list for waivers, acquisitions, and uh, street free agents when guys get hurt, things of that nature. But they're also doing the advanced scouting for the upcoming opponents, So when you're doing that advanced scouting, you're watching the tape closely. So you're getting a pretty good idea how a lot of guys play. And they have reports written on all the prospective free agents and restricted free agents that are, you know, going to be in that category in another, you know, two weeks. So, and we're going to know, I think, a week from Wednesday who the actual free agents are because that's the last day you can tag somebody. This or a week for tomorrow. The seventh is a week for tomorrow, right? March seventh.
0: Checking uh, really uh, quickly, it is Tuesday.
1: Yeah, okay. 7th. So by the seventh, by the end of business on the seventh, you're going to know who's a free agent and who isn't. I think you can still sign people. You know, if you if if um, you got a a potential free agent out there and you want to bring them back and you can reach a deal with them, you can still do that. But you're going to know who's been tagged and who hasn't been tagged. Um, there was a report last week that, you know, everybody's, every Chicago bears fan wants Daron Payne to be a defensive lineman for the bears, but there's a reports that, the, uh, Washington is going to tag him. It's a, just going to probably wait till the last minute to see if they can get a deal with him. We'll see if that actually happens. I mean, we, we heard, we saw reports of that, uh, back in the, uh, in the fall, um, was always hoping that he might be available, but it doesn't look like he's going to be. Uh, but the Bears will have their list, okay, for guys who can be the three technique. This will be prior. This will be the top guy they want to go after. This will be the next guy, the next guy, the next guy. And technically, you can't be talking to the agents of these guys right now, but <laughs> it's happening. And and you can't make a deal, but you can. Find out what the range is. What do you think? You know, what's tackle A going to cost me in free agency if we make an offer? And they're going to, and of course, the agent's going to lie a little bit and push up the number. Uh, But you can get a pretty good idea of what each player that you have interest in is going to cost you. And then you, you start planning that around. But it, it's just like preparing the draft. You're, you're going to have – it's not the exact type of board, but you've got priorities. You know, hey, this is what we want to – this is what we know is the strength of the draft and this is the strength of free agency and we want to get this accomplished in free agency. And, and hopefully you do. I, I'm going to assume they're going to try to get at least one offensive lineman, probably a right tackle, two defensive linemen. And I don't know after that, you know, fill in guys that they tried, I I think they'll spend money on three, maybe four. And then after that, it's going to be like last year, they're going to get guys for, you know, one, maybe two year deals at not a lot of uh, money because you still got the draft and you don't want to give out too much money. I think he wants to keep this team young and, and, really build the base of this team build a, a strong foundation so I, I'd be shocked and except for one guy and I was and I until it came out that Payne definitely wasn't going to be a, a free agent I did not see the Bears going after Hargrave from uh, the Eagles as a potential free technique and now it, it wouldn't shock me if they did now, Hargrave just turned 30. So if you gave him, and I saw one thing that's a projection, they said he'll be the Bears' number one guy and they'll do a three-year deal for X amount of dollars, like $54 million or something like that. And, and I don't remember the exact figure, so I'm making it up. And, okay, three-year deal on a 30-year-old guy, uh, that, that's good. I wouldn't want to give a five-year deal because chances are you're four and five, you're not going to have them or he's going to start going downhill unless he keeps himself in unbelievable condition. So I think where you're going to, you know, I'm sure he, the uh, Ryan Poles and, and Floos would love some leadership in the locker room, some stable veteran players, but that doesn't mean they have to be on the north side of 30. They could be 27, 28, 29 and, sure. and be solid veterans. So um, it'll be interesting. You know, I really, you're going to start to hear, uh, you won't hear much coming out of the Combine because there'll be there'll be lies leaked like there always is. Uh, but two weeks from today, you can start the negotiation period. Legally, you can start it. And we're going mm-hmm. to do a show two weeks from tomorrow. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's already one or two players who have agreed to deals by the time we do that show in two weeks.
0: Hmm. Wow. Um, this, this this is all very fascinating to me and I got to ask you about certain play. Well, let me ask you this first. I, I worry that this team is not going to come away from free agency with more than one or two major players like a Payne or a Hargrave. Um, because the free agency pool appears to me to be one of the worst of recent memory. And that's the way it looks now, two weeks before free agency begins. So it could get even worse. What, what's your gut feel about the potential of this free agency class? And are the Bears now? They have almost a hundred million dollars in, in cap space, but they have so many openings. This roster probably has the fewest signed. Uh, Players for twenty twenty three. They
1: they got they get like fifty under contract or something. I went through the roster. I mean, it's not as bad as you think. Okay. Um, And a lot of them are are, you know guys who signed future contracts, practice squad guys and stuff last year. Uh, Like I said, I've always thought you know looking at and it you know hundred million is a big figure. (laughs) By far, they got like forty five million more than the next play next team. And and that's Atlanta. Atlanta's got about $55, fifty five, sixty six million uh, to spend. I don't expect them to spend everything. They got to keep money aside for Justin Fields a year from now. Uh, they're gonna start. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they get one or in, in the next week or two they get one or two guys, you know, on extensions done. But that that's gonna be up to um, the. Paulson. Yeah. To Poles and Cliff Stein and, and and Floos, do they want to, you know, extend that money yet or wait? And then there's going to be players and and my theory is, and I could be totally wrong guys um, like Monty, that they're going to say, Hey, go see what you can get and come back and see us. And, and, you know, you do it with a handshake deal and, and, and it's friendly. And, you know, if he can get an exorbitant amount of money, more power to him. But I just don't see it happening based on, because actually the running back free agent class is pretty good. Okay, mm-hmm. there's some positions that are really good. Uh, Torian was, was, just had a note on here a, a couple seconds ago. The wide receiver uh, class is kind of depressing. There's a few guys that, that look like uh, they could help a team, but that's why polls went out and made that – trade for Claypool. Yeah. Okay, yeah. because he saw that, you know, you, you looked at what the what the class was going to be and he said, you know, I'm I'm going to I'm going to get my guy now and mm-hmm. I'm not going to have to compete then. And 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 uh, I think they'll get one other guy in the draft. But what's going to be the key to all this is what's going to happen when they in fact trade down. Now, are we too early in the program to go into that, or do you want to talk about free? Oh,
0: go ahead. I follow your lead on this. I ask a question, and wherever you take me, I'm happy to follow.
1: <laughs> the, you know, it came out today, Schefter tweeted, well, it looks like the Bears are going to look to trade the pick. No shit. <laughs> Come on. How much has he paid? <laughs> no. I- <laughs> this whole thing was a made up story to begin with. It never came from the Chicago bears. It was like, Oh, they got the first pick. They should look for, you know, your amateur GMs is that they should look to draft one of these quarterbacks. Now my opinion is there the a quarterback in this class. That's as good as Justin Fields. So why would you go? Why would you think about going backwards? And then there's these idiots. Some of them local, that say, well, you want to keep the rookie on a uh, or the the quarterback on a rookie deal, so you you move that calendar up another two years by you know having a rookie. Yep, yeah, you're going backwards. Somewhere along the line, you got to develop a guy and let him play. So what are you going to do? Gonna draft the guy now, and then two years from now, draft the guy again, and you're going to suck all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I mean, where 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 do some where do people come up with some of these idiotic details?
0: Oh gosh, it, you know what? It, it they gotta fill the time with something, and sometimes they come up with some
1: bad stuff. No, but it's guys, it's, it's guys on Twitter too, you know, oh, these, yeah. and, and big analytical guys who are real big on analytics, and it, and it's better for the, the cap if you keep bringing in a rookie quarterback. No, it's not. I mm-hmm. get a guy, mm-hmm. and then sooner yeah. or later you're gonna have to pay him, and that's look at the teams that are winning. What do they got? Good fucking quarterbacks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. we got a lot of good questions piling up. Uh, let us uh, take care of one or two of them. So uh, Joe T says, what is the likelihood of the Bears making a deal on the first pick before the draft? And if so, does Pose announce it or not before draft day? What's your uh, thinking on that?
1: You know, that can go either way. And, and I think we went back on one of our previous shows, and I don't have – that stuff in front of me right now, uh, the dates when certain trades were made. Uh, right. Philado- in, in the year that Philadelphia moved up twice to get to Carson Wentz, um, and they had they moved up to the second pick, the Rams had the first pick, the Rams were going to take a quarterback and Philly was going to take the guy the Rams didn't take. Is basically what I got down to. But they made one move up from like 13 to eight or 14 to eight or something like that with Miami. And then probably eight, nine days before the draft, they moved up from eight to two and to secure the, you know, getting that quarterback, you know, it, it, it depends on a lot of things and this might be a lengthy answer, but I've, I've, I'm glad you asked. Cause I put some thought into this right you have to before you can say I got I want to move up, you got to fall in love with somebody and right now as we stand and it's uh, February 27th, there mm-hmm. is no as far as I know, and I make a lot of calls, there's no consensus number one quarterback. I think you know if you' pulled off 32 teams you might get one third say it's uh, Young from Alabama, another third will say it's Stroud, another third will say it's Levis from, from Kentucky. And and it's and the combine's not going to settle it. Mm-hmm. And I wrote mm-hmm. I wrote about that last week because well, number one, Young's not throwing at the combine, but throwing at the combine is totally useless for a quarterback. You know, he can't get any rhythm. He makes two throws to receivers he doesn't know and he's never practiced with a day in his life. And then he goes to the back of the line and he waits 10, 12 minutes before he throws another two throws. I mean, come on. So anybody who wants to make something out of that, they can. But, you know, if I was an agent, I wouldn't even let my guy throw at the combine be- because of what I just said. Uh, Interesting. The league, would, the league wouldn't like me saying that because you've got to have somebody to throw to the receivers. It's a yeah. good workout, the combine you get a lot out of the receiver workout. I mm-hmm. you get nothing out of the combine work or out of the yeah, quarterback workout. The interviews are important. Uh if they do the Olympics, you know, the, the, if they run and do the shuttles. And a lot of quarterbacks won't even do that. Like I, I was at Peyton Manning's for a day. He wouldn't run. He really? didn't want anybody. no, he didn't. He didn't want anybody to know how slow he was.
0: And slow he was. I want to thank John uh, Falsetta. Uh, Anyone can jump to the top of the list of questions by a little donation. And John has put $2 into the kitty. And thank you very much, John. Uh, He wants to know, what are your thoughts? This is late breaking news. I just uh, confirmed He's
1: He's not in the combine. He's not
0: working out. He's not working. Okay, let's read what ArizonaSports.com has to say. Georgia defensive lineman Jalen Carter has decided to skip the workout portion. Carter, yeah, uh, he's,
1: uh, he's going through the physical, going through interviews. He's not going to work mm-hmm. out. Not unusual. We've talked it's not about unusual. that. Yeah, we've we've talked about it before. Uh, some of it's player choice, some of it's uh, agent choice, or some agents, and I don't have a clue who Jalen Carter's agent is. But they prefer that their clients work out strictly at the pro day. Now, that could be good or bad. Uh, The good part is is that the combine is very stressful. You're on your feet a lot, you know, especially the two days leading up to your workout. And so your legs might be a little bit tired, you know, uh, by the time you actually get to the workout floor and work out. Uh, with the big people and I, I don't know if they changed the schedule, but last year they were, used to lift for years and years and years, and this is going back to the beginning in, in 19, January 1985, you always lifted two days before you ran. Mm-hmm. So you had some sort of recovery. Last year, there, it was either the day before or the day of. That's... Mm-hmm you know, that took a lot of the big guys out of lifting it all. to so screw it. I'll lift at school. But because the point of, though I'm trying to make is because of the pressure of the combine and the pressure. And, and some of these guys will go through 20, 25 interviews and mm-hmm. stuff. And so, the, you know, they got to be on their a game for that, or hopefully be on their a game. Plus they're going through the medical, they're going through psychological testing. Uh, they're mentally worn out, and so they'd rather be relaxed at their own school where they're more comfortable and they can get a good night's sleep the night before, the two days before, and, and they're prepared. Now, where it hurts, the bad side of that is if you don't show as good as you want at the combine, you got a makeup exam at your pro day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Now, if you wait, if you skip the combine workout, and then you wait to your pro day and you blow it on your pro day, mm-hmm. you're shit out of luck, son. <laughs> you know, when you, who has time now? Your agent's going to panic and he's going to set up another day. Guess how many are going to show up? About one tenth of what we're there <laughs> because you don't have time. Every single day, the month of March. Okay, actually, it's uh, just uh, uh, three weeks of the month of March now because the combine's really been pushed back. The workouts don't begin until March. Mm -hmm. Second, on Thursday, is the first workout day. So, you know, the end of next week is when pro days are going to start, and now they'll go into April. But you've got stuff going on every day. So Mm -hmm. you can't be sending people back to – school a because the one guy flunked his test hey guess what charlie you were supposed to do well you skipped the combine that was your choice yeah you know yeah, i, exactly. I used to have a biology teacher when i was in 10th grade you, know, you pay your money you take your chance man That's- <laughs> <laughs> i like it i like it
0: um all right <laughs> let me tackle another question or two here we got some good ones um let's see let me pick up this one. Are they waiting to see what's going on in the free agent market before deciding Monty's fate? You and I have talked about this before. You had a great response yesterday for our draft barroom exclusives regarding the strategy of looking at David Montgomery and whether he should continue or whether the Bears should pursue him or
1: not pursue him. Share some of that with uh, the audience. Well, I mean, none of us are going to know exactly what they're going to do. And they're not going to broadcast it. Why should they? But they're gonna have private discussions with them and discussions with his agent. They could try to make a deal. They could say, Hey, we're not gonna bring you back, see ya. But if mm-hmm. that happened, we'd probably already know that. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. we'll find out in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But my gut feeling is he's 25 years old. There's good football left in him, but he's a running back. And I'm just mm-hmm. part of this is my own philosophy. I don't believe in paying running backs anymore. You know, they most of them. When they get to that second contract, and I'll give you a perfect example. Tariq Cohen, they extended him. He got one freaking game before yep. he tore his ACL. The very first game, he tears an ACL. Then he's working out to get ready to work out again, and he pops his his uh, Achilles. So, so sad. with a running back, there's no such thing as a slow f- – uh, what's the word I want? A slow escalator going down. It's like yeah. an express elevator. Boom, you're going down real quick. When the legs start to go, they go. And so, yeah, you know, I'd be all for giving Monty a two-year deal, maybe mm. maybe three at the most if the money's not too bad. But he's, yeah. a, he's a good complementary back. He's great in the locker room. He's a great leader. Uh, I think that the combination of him and Hilbert is excellent Mm -hmm. because they both got different strong points, different weak Mm -hmm. points. There's Mm -hmm. things that that Hilbert can do that Monty can't do, and there's things Monty can do that Hilbert can't do. And so that Mm -hmm. really meshes well when when Mm -hmm. running the offense. But I think my my gut feeling is they're going to say, David, go out and test free agency, see what you can get keep your mind open. We still want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, if he gets an outrageous deal, he, he's, he's going to take it and they're going to say, see you later. Right. Or he's going to you know what? Uh, I, I want to be here for two years. I've seen what's out there. The best probably I can do is right here. And, and, you know, <laughs> it's not, it's not going to be, what Stein's saying, told you so. Now I'm dropping it by a million a year. You know, I mean, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's not going to happen. So yeah. they're, they're going to tell him what they think he's worth, and uh, you know, Let could, they test- go up at, could they go up a half a million? Yeah, of course they could. But yeah. um, but you know, from a general perspective, they're going to pretty much tell him what they feel his market value is.
0: Yeah. Uh, Greg, your mic is uh, brushing up against the zipper part of your collar. So I wonder if you can uh, maybe open up the zipper a little long. That way the collar will shut
1: up the zipper a little bit. We'll go like that.
0: Hey, now you're talking. Look at this guy. Solution maker. Um, All right. So I got a theory about the running back position. I shared it with you. You, you poo-pooed it, but, <laughs> no, yeah. um, but I, I do believe that the starting running back for the Chicago Bears team is going to be drafted uh, in April by the team. And because I love this class, I think there are potential starters that will be drafted in the fourth and fifth and maybe even sixth round, uh, depending how you know things tumble down because of team needs and so forth. And so I don't think – a veteran free agent is going to be signed until after the draft that's my 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 new take on my old theory what do you think about that
1: well outside of montgomery i would agree with you i would think that if they can get a deal done with montgomery at a fair price at their price Mm -hmm. because they're not going to go over what their price is that could be done yeah we did the running backs the other day. I mean, I I think it's a hell of a running back class. I don't want to spend day one or day two on a running back, but I think in day three, you can still get a hell of a player. Yeah. Yeah. And and don't forget, he's going to be a compliment. You got Khalil Hilbert, at least two more years. And so it's it's going to be a guy that's going to rotate with Hilbert, but you Mm -hmm. want a guy that, like Monty is 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 a good guy to pair with him. They complement each other. You need somebody to complement Hilbert, and that's somebody number one who can block because that's the weakest part of his game. And the second weakest part of the game is a, as a receiver. And those are the two strong parts of Montgomery's game. I just realized you said Hilbert and not Herbert. <laughs> Did I say? Oh, Herbert. Yeah. Sorry.
0: You must be thinking about the Dilbert uh, comic book guy who had just got himself into. Well, there's, a Hilbert,
1: there's a Hilbert College in Buffalo, maybe.
0: Oh, maybe that's it. Uh, I don't All know. right, let's switch over. We got more questions. I'm collecting them, guys. But I want to introduce this topic here. You know, I, I, I about 20 minutes ago, I said I'm, I'm concerned about the quality of this free agents free agency class. Earlier this morning, the Athletic released their top 100 free agents, and I selected the top offensive linemen and the top defensive linemen on their list, and I'd like you to take a look at it and maybe comment on a few players that you'd love to see the Bears target and uh, maybe stay away. So on the defensive line, on the left uh, column there, Payne and Hargrave are, of course, one, two, and you've already expressed your opinions on that. Anything you want to add about the potential of pursuing those guys if indeed they become free agents?
1: I wouldn't touch Davenport uh, personally. I mean, what do you have? I think we talked about him once before. Half you know, a sack. One half sack. <laughs>
0: half you half
1: know, of- for one half sack, he's going to have to pay me to be on the team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, know. you want you want to play? Yeah, you pay <laughs> us, we'll let you play. <laughs> That's, That's a fair deal. Uh, Draymond Jones, I think, because he's younger, he's the uh, you know, Javon Hargrave is uh, just turned 30 years old, and uh, Draymond Jones is 25 or 26. So, mm-hmm. age wise, he's pretty good. Zach Allen, you know, was a war daddy coming out of Boston College. He's a good player, he's not a three, he's a one. Now, you could play him at three, get by with him in the rotation. But what's he going to – you don't want to pay a lot of money for that if he's, if you're going to – you know, he's mainly a one and you want to uh, get by with him. You know, you look at the numbers and, you know, I'll go to, to – and I, I think I gave these out when we were doing the three techniques. But the, the size and the speed of, of three of the best three techniques to ever play the game, and one was Tommy Harris. And Tommy Harris was six, two and a half – Weighed 290 at the combine, but played in the upper 280s for the Bears, and uh, he ran a 468 at the combine. That same year, in the second round, we took Tank Johnson. Tank Johnson was the same height, 10 pounds heavier, and ran a 472. I don't know if there's going to be anybody who runs as fast as those two guys. Yeah. Uh, th- then you go back, and you know you got the two guys from who played at Tampa Bay, Booger McFarland. And, and and they were each less than six. One, uh, one was two ninety one. The other one was uh, two eighty five, two eighty eight, and they could run. All of them could run, and that's what the profile is for this position. Where you look at a guy like Zach Allen. Zach Allen is a five when he was coming out was a five oh five or five 40 guy. So that's not the type of guy you necessarily want. At that three technique position, he doesn't have that explosive quickness. He's a tough guy. They list him on the on the Cardinals because I a guy from the media asked me to do him him for them the other day, and I did. Um, They list him at two eighty or two eighty five. He's bigger than that. This guy's a big dude. He's he's probably close to three hundred. Dalvin Tomlinson, I don't think is a fit. Maybe you could play the one but you still want you, you you want quicker, faster, more explosive guys. you know he's not the perfect guy to play this. Uh, Anye Mata I think is a pretty good fit. I haven't studied him as much as I need to Good okay. player, but he's also like 30 or 31 years old. Yeah, he's up there okay. And Gakwe started off the guy. – there's got to be something wrong here, and I, I might be throwing a dart at the wall, but this guy's played on like four teams already, or three teams, you know. And, and you know, he started off with Jacksonville. He's with the Raiders, with the Colts. He's a free agent again. Uh, he started off the year slowly for the Colts, but I think he finished with eight and a half, nine sacks. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, I think he didn't play for Flus. Last year was his year in Indy. So uh, he's an interesting guy. Jump on to Fletcher Cox. They're not going to have any interest in Fletcher Clock. He's like, you know, getting ready to collect Social Security.
0: It, uh, it is five And A'shaun
1: Robinson I don't see as a fit. You know, if he's, they got him listed as around 330. Mm-hmm. And those aren't the type of guys you want you know, they're, they're like two gap guys and they, they don't have that explosive quickness to play now. Could he do it? Yeah. You'd probably want him a little bit smaller than he is. Cut some weight down, but, um, you know, I, I, I just can't see it happening right now.
0: Okay. Before you go get on to the offensive lineman, I want to ask you a question regarding, uh, this list. Uh, let me get that graphic off first. Okay. Um, the the Bears were terrible at run defense last year, and yes, they, they got were. rid of they got rid of Kyrese Tonga, who went on to play, I think it was with Minnesota, and really helped their run defense game. So we clearly got rid of Tonga because he wasn't the scheme fit. But is there right. are there issues with the scheme fit when you can't allow for a run no, stopping? Tried,
1: no, there, there's room for it, but you know Tonga. Tonga was like two thirty,
0: mm.
1: on a six three thirty, yeah. on a six one body, and <laughs> arms shorter than mine. Mm-hmm. You know, so hey, the guy plays tough. He was a better fit in the defense they were playing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what Minnesota is doing. Um, they had now they got they got a new defensive coordinator this year. I don't know what they're gonna do this year, but they did reset, you know, give a new contract to Tonga. Uh, but they had Donatello as their uh coordinator, and so they were doing you know, Donatello's Fangio's right-hand man for years and years and years. They're doing a lot of stuff very similar to what Fangio does, which is different than what Chicago does. Yep. And don't forget. Tonga originally got picked up by Atlanta, where Ryan Pace is. And Atlanta, mm-hmm. I don't know if Atlanta got rid of him or Minnesota poached him off the practice squad. That part I don't remember. But you know, he ended up being with three teams last year. But I, I know your your point. It's it's well taken. But this scheme is a great scheme but you got to get the proper guys to play the position. Like I said, there's a profile for every single – there's four positions along the defensive line, and there's a profile for every one of those positions. And if you look – like, you know, we when I was there, we had a great defense mm-hmm. and a fabulous defensive line. Okay, and look at the guys that we had playing along the line. You know, Tommy Harris, Tank, Johnson, um, we had uh, – was a little nose guard. Come on. Spice Adams and Spice Spice, Spice Adams was 5'11 and a half. <laughs> you know, and about 305. He had long arms. Yep. But real quick and explosive and he was the one technique. And you really can have thing. guys like that. And we and nobody ran on us. Mm-hmm. So it's not the size. It's the talent. Can you get? Are you strong? Can you get off blocks? Do you run to the ball? And and you look at at some of the the defensive tackles that were on this team last year. There's one guy that to me that was a real fit, and that was Jones. And that's it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, <laughs> that's uh, fascinating stuff. And so let me move on to the uh, offensive line part of this list. And so can we begin first, and you've provided this for us on our Barroom Draft Exclusives, but can you share in a, in a perhaps a little shorter version, what is the pr- uh, profile for an offensive lineman on this team? So if you can, in very general uh, terms, and then we'll look at that list with that uh, in mind.
1: Know, okay, people are – Gonna, you know, throw things at the screen right now. Um, Orlando Brown is a great tackle. He cannot play in this scheme. Okay. What the tackles, the tackles have to be athletic. And the, you look at the teams playing this and how good they've been, and, and look at their linemen across the board. They're pretty damn athletic. Green Bay, Rams, San Francisco. You know they now. Can you be three twenty and be athletic? Absolutely. You know it, it, that's the best of both worlds. You get a guy who's big and very, very athletic. Tevin Jenkins is three hundred you know twenty pounds, an athletic guy. Um, and and you look at like at his numbers. Uh, and they, they didn't have a combine that year, but you look at his numbers on the, on the pro day and his numbers match up with some of the, you know, the best linemen in the league. So, and then you go back and, and you look at the four offensive linemen that polls took last year on day three, and all of them have one common denominator. They're athletic as hell. And so, you know Braxton Jones, perfect example. Braxton Jones was 312, 313 at the combine. He's a little over 6'5. He's got 35-inch arms. I mean, you don't teach those things. You know, that, <laughs> that those are trait, natural traits. Could run, he ran like a 498 at that side. That's incredible. The guy's really an impressive athlete. Okay. He came from a very Poor low FCS level competition. He had a strong upper body, did 26, 27 reps at the at the combine last year, but his lower body isn't where it needs to be in the NFL. This one-off season will take care of that. You know, and part of that part of that has to do with you know where he came from. What was he, you know, he was obviously doing bench presses, but did he have the guidance? And usually, uh, you come with these these smaller guy uh, comes from these smaller programs. They don't have the guidance. They don't have the uh, the wherewithal or the know it all from the people teaching them to be necessarily doing the right things. And so now you you got the best of the best running the weight rooms in the NFL, and they're going to work on on his. Uh, weaknesses. Now, I'll tell you, you know, there's very little of that conversation I had with Ryan Poles that I'll put out in public, but I'll put out this. And cause we talked about Jimmy Arthur and Jimmy Arthur's the head strength coach for the bears. And Jimmy was there when I was there, he was rusty Jones, right-hand man. And for my money, Rusty Jones is the best in the business. And, and rusty was way ahead of the curve when, um, he was working for the Bills and then for us. And Jimmy has that, that same philosophy. And Ryan said to me flat out, you know, I just loved Jimmy Arthur. And he said, if we had a guy like him in Kansas City, nobody would have touched us. You know, and, and because of, you know, Jimmy is a huge believer in percentage of body fat lean weight etc and so each position has a, a an assigned body fat okay right. and i forgot what i i could call rusty and get what the numbers are and i probably should do that for a later show but you know mm-hmm. let's say I'll, I'll just pick numbers out you know let's yeah. say offensive lineman the max is say 22 body fat okay and then defensive lineman you want them a little bit leaner than that and then you get Those guys got to be in single digits. We're talking six, seven, eight percent body fat. They're lean guys, you know, mm-hmm. linebackers and, and, and running backs, low teens. And again, I'm doing this off of memory, so I might be a little bit sure. off. Okay. Um, but, you know, I, I, it's very, very seldom. And there's one exception that I can remember playing with us. And that was Nate Vasher that. Of a, of a skill position guy, meaning wide receiver, defensive back, not a tight end, but a wide receiver, defensive back that had more body fat than 10%. And Nate was the only guy. And, and that was just his body composition, no matter how hard he worked at it. He wasn't getting below 10. He was up around 13. And I remember Rusty, you know, like batting his head against the wall. You know, he can't play at 13%. But he was the exception to the rule. He got to the Pro Bowl. (laughs) That is good stuff.
0: Uh, There's always exceptions. There's always exceptions. Okay, so with that in mind, let's take a look at the right column here, the offensive line, top 10 offensive linemen, according to The Athletic in a recently released article, I think it was this morning they, they published that at the very top, you got Kalen McGarry, the right tackle out of Atlanta. Uh, And then McLynchie at number two. I I would
1: say it's a 90 to a 99% chance that he's going to end up staying in Atlanta. They got the second most amount of money. They're like 55 or 66 million. He's a key player for them. Uh, So I would say he's going to re-sign with them. Is that a lock? No. Uh, Would he be of interest to the Bears? If he becomes available, uh, I would think so. He's, he's an athletic guy. Uh, he, he's a right tackle, and that's the, the area they're trying to fix. McGlinchy, you know, unless he re-signs with San Francisco, and I don't think they're going to do it right now only because they don't have the money to do it. They're over the cap, I think. Yes. Um, McGlinchy has played in this scheme his whole career, so he's a fit. And he's also like 26, 27 years old, twenty maybe 28 at the most. But hes I think he's already played five years in the league. He's been a starter since his rookie year. Is he perfect? No. Uh, but he is a huge upgrade over what they got, which is Boromirif at right tackle from last year. You know, obviously it's going to be what's he going to cost. Um Siamalo, I don't really know much about his game, so I can't comment. Okay. Uh, Taylor Lewan, I don't think is gonna play anymore. I mean, they cut oh. him, they they cut him last week, and um, he said he's been contemplating retirement, and he'd been contemplating that going back like a month. So mm-hmm. I, I think it remains to be seen. He all indications I have is that. You know, he's missed a lot of time the last couple of years, and the Bears don't want to go after a guy like that. Absolutely not. No, they, they want guys with durability and he's getting older. So I would say no on him. Isaiah Wynn um you know he's always, to me he's always been a, a guard that's playing tackle. He's six two and a half. Um <laughs> so I, I I'd say no. Okay. Uh Ethan Posick, I don't know his game that well. I, I did him coming out of uh college and I thought he was kind of stiff, mm-hmm. but he's 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 an athletic stiff guy if that makes sense. Sure. Um, and he's and he's pretty smart. Um so I, I, that'd be a possibility. I think the key is and, and we're gonna find this out in the next two weeks, is do they hold on to Patrick? That's and the, And they, they they could now I know a lot of fans are down on Patrick, but Patrick played exactly one quarter at center and that's the position he was assigned to play, okay right. because of you know he got dinged up in, in OTAs, got hurt again when camp started and he had been a guy that had been extremely durable and it wasn't like shoot really huge injuries, but they were time-consuming injuries. Uh, In the meantime, they had, you know, that started the role of, you know, probably having during the course of the season about 12 different combinations for the offensive line as far as who was starting where.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think they signed him for a reason and they're going to give it one more shot. Could I be wrong? Absolutely. I could be wrong. Uh, But I, but I see, Patrick being the center, at least going into this year, they drafted the kid last year. Mustafer played better in the second half. I think Mustafer is a backup. And so do you want to upgrade that backup position, either Mustafer, the kid they drafted last year, Kramer? Yeah, you, you, you may want to do that. Uh, I don't think you'd do it with a veteran. I think you do that with a with a rookie in the draft. Um, Nate Davis, I don't know. Dalton, Reser, I really these other guys – Ben Powers, you know, is an interesting guy, um, but I, I don't see him or Will Hernandez as a fit. Both of those guys are real big guys, mm-hmm. and I don't see them having the athleticism that getsy wants for those guys to be able to pull, get out in space, adjust on the move, and make a good block on the move. You know, those are more power guys. Both Powers and Hernandez... Would have been really good fits with Juan Castillo's line.
0: Yeah, I got to tell you, um, I got to study Dalton Reiser because he was done at the Senior Bowl uh, four years ago, and I was really impressed with his play. He's got that mean temperament that you want out of offensive linemen, and uh, in the game itself, he was knocking people to the ground. So he's got that. Whether he's a scheme fit, that's that's for.
1: Other people well, you got you, you got to make a decision, too, on uh, what you're going to do with Cody White here. And, and that's mm-hmm. another thing. Now, is it going to be in the next couple of weeks? It could, but when you look at his contract, if they aren't going to keep him, he's going to be a post-June June 1st cut. Mm-hmm. So you can spread that cap hit over two years instead of just this year. Um, yeah. They can make that decision. now. They can't make that decision until the league year starts on the 15th. But after right. the fifteenth, you can designate him as a as a post June one cut, and that gives him the freedom. You don't get your cap savings until June first, but you uh, he gets to sign with anybody he wants, and even if he signs, you still don't get that cap savings until June first. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So you know that that's a let's see what happens, and if you replace it or if you you cut him you've got to have a replacement now one of the replacements be right here and they drafted him last year and that's tyree carter and he got some play time in the last couple of games played from a you know uh historically black school mm-hmm. southern university in baton rouge guy's a hell of a player but raw as hell so he needs play time and I, he's got the traits he's very athletic very explosive i think we've talked about him this guy was a yep. freaking point guard in high school with <laughs> mid-major offers to play point guard. And he was mm-hmm. like 270 when he was a high school point guard. So mm-hmm. that tells you about his his athleticism. He's got the athleticism you want. What he doesn't have is the know-how. And again, that's where he came from. You know, and, and I'm not knocking the school. He just didn't play, you know, he's not going to get the coaching there that he's going to get. In the SEC, yeah. yeah, you know, so and he wasn't a star, uh, you know, coming out of high school. He's a late bloomer, and mm-hmm. like I said, he, he was getting basketball offers in high school. Not a lot of football offers, so. But a really freakish athlete for a guy his size. He can another guy who's a sub five flat guy at mm-hmm. about you know three hundred and ten pounds and really really strong, and mm-hmm. where. Braxton Jones, you know, had trouble anchoring last year. This guy can anchor. This guy's a seat smasher. He's got a big butt and, and uh, can bend his knees and nobody's going to push him back. It's just getting him the experience of getting him on the field. Is that going to be 2023 or is it going to be 2024?
0: Hmm. Good stuff, Greg. Really good stuff. Okay. Moving on to the next question. I love this question from Burlissima. He asks you, is there almost a value to not splurging over odds on average receivers to see who is a cap casualty given that we are number one on the waiver priority to start?
1: We're a number I think, I think we're number one through like the second or third week of the season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so it's it's all it's all during preseason. Um if the guy – now, there's one fault to that, Barlissimo, is that most of the guys who are cap casualties are veteran players. And mm-hmm. when you're a veteran, and you, that means you've got four vested years in the league, you don't go through waivers. So it doesn't matter where you pick picking the waivers. You are a free agent at 4 oh. p.m. Eastern the day you get cut.
0: Wow, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so – and that goes up until the trade deadline. And then so that's roughly just past midseason. And so from then the rest of the season, so say the uh, three-eighths of the season, mm-hmm. then they got to go through waivers. Mm-hmm. But the guys who were going to get cut now, like let, let, let's say uh, A-Rob got cut because he didn't live up to the, the, the contract. The Bears wouldn't have first priority on A-Rob. A-Rob's a rob a rob's a free agent he can go wherever the hell he wants
0: interesting okay that makes a lot of sense um next question uh cj williams when we were talking when you were talking about the pro days and combine he asked this question are pro days ruining the combine i,
1: I would say not but you you no, would know better. i mean they, they've always been a staple i, I, I I'm going to give you a long, I'm going to give you some history here because it's kind of interesting how these things have evolved. Mm -hmm. When I started off in the league in the early eighties, there weren't pro days. Okay. You had scouts going out and kids would work out sometimes three times a day Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and four days a week. Because they'd one they work out for one team at eight o'clock in the morning, another team at one o'clock, and another team at four o'clock in the same day, and they'd run three forties and there was like and, and it was our fault. I mean, you know, because you, what you do, you'd call the kid or you call the agent and say, Hey, I'm I'm passing through. I want to see this guy, I want to work him out, time him, yada, yada. And the kids, of course, they wanted a job. Well then it, it got to be a little crazy, you know, and, and the schools could see this. And the schools started having pro days. And so if you want to work out our player, this is the day you're going to work them out. And it used to be each school had two or three pro days. So some kids, and that got screwed up because then you'd send a bunch of people, let's say it's Ohio state's first pro day. And they, they were going to have two one, the the second week of March and one, the first week of April or something. So, Mm Some of the some of the good kids would go, oh, I'll, I'll run at the uh, I'll do position specific drills today, but I'm not going to do the the measurable events until the next pro day. Well, mm-hmm. now you got to, you know, you got to keep sending people back. And so it got to the point where there's one freaking day per school. And that's probably the best way. Now, you can go in and set up a private workout, but you can't do it until after his pro day mm-hmm so okay it's uh and I think it at some positions quarterback especially pro days for a quarterback I think are the most useless thing in the world they're great for the media the media is gonna slobber all over a guy oh my god he hit 48 of 53 passes yeah and he was thrown on air and he practicing that <laughs> Pro day for the last eight days. He's supposed to complete 48 out of 51 passes. You know, he, it's a scripted event and it's the the script is written up so that it only shows his strengths. Yeah. They're not going to advertise any of the weaknesses he has. And a pro coach has no say in what goes on during that pro day event. It's, it's all, done by the quarterback coach, quarterback rule, not the school, the guy that's been hired by the agent to to coach his kid to get ready for the, first his pro day and for the combine, et cetera. So now you, you fast forward, you, you, you go to, uh, let's say you go to CJ Stroud's workout and he, he's great. So the media is mm-hmm. bumping him. He should be the number one pick. Yada, yada, yada. But now you go into, you know, the following week or 10 days later and you do a private workout. Well now, CJ Stroud doesn't have a freaking clue what you're going to be doing that day, and you're going to yeah. start off that you, you're, you're going to start off that day, and you're going to get them down in one of the meeting rooms, and you're going to interview the hell out of them, mm-hmm. and then you're going to say, okay, CJ, right, drop on the board, give me your four best plays that your offense had, and and take me, you know, dissect those plays, take me through those plays. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're going to get his understanding of his offense. Then you're going to get done with that. And let me tell you something. There's some kids that don't have a freaking clue what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple quarterbacks that were supposed to be good that uh, went out and and when they got on the board, they were horrendous. And it's because of the simplicity of the offense that they're playing in. Interesting. So now when you get done with that part, now you're – saying, okay, that part's good. Now I'm gonna, we're going to learn three of our own plays from our playbook. You know, this is some of the staples that you have in the playbook.
0: And mm-hmm.
1: you're going to take him through the play. Uh, this is what you got to do when you come up to the line of scrimmage. Um, this is what X is doing. This is what Z is doing. This is what Y is doing. This is what the F is doing. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, these are what is free. Now, if the, if the uh, Defense is, is uh press man. These guys are going to run X and X, you know, a certain route. If they drop back into zone, it's going to be a different route. They got to make the read instantaneously. You got to make the read instantaneously. So the kid's taking all these notes, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So now you get done with that. Uh, CJ, now it's your turn. Tell me everything I just told you. And so it, it's, you're finding out how attentive he is, how quickly he can pick things up, his learn and retain ability and process it. Then you're going to get done with that. Now you're spending probably three hours down in a classroom between interviewing and, and doing all this board work. Now you're going to go out on the field and you're going to try. First of all, it doesn't, He hasn't been practicing what he's going to do because he has no idea what he's doing. So it's all new. And a lot of times you're going to have him do things that you just taught him in the classroom. (laughs) You know, he's going to have his receivers, but it's going to be a different type of workout where we control everything in the workout and he controls nothing. Mm -hmm. So you come away from that feeling a lot different than you would a pro day. And I'll give you a perfect mm-hmm. example. It might be a, a winded answer that I'm giving you on this, but okay, go it's back, fascinating. Go back two years ago. or not not two years, yeah, yeah, two years ago. So without question, Trevor Lawrence was going to be the number one guy. After mm-hmm. that it was, who the hell knows? For a long time it was Justin Fields. And then mm-hmm. out of nowhere <laughs> comes Trey Lance. And the kid from BYU,
0: Zach Wilson.
1: Yeah, and had there been and that in 2021, you could not do a private workout with a guy. You could do a Zoom call, but you couldn't go in because of the pandemic. And look, and where and where were mistakes made at quarterback position? Right now, it looks like at two and three. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) Okay, so. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and remember, go back to um, this. Partially, you can go back to the one question the guy had, when trades are made. In mm-hmm. the end of March, San Francisco moved up to be in the third spot so they know they'd get at least the third quarterback you know, right. off the board. And they made that trade in the end of March. Before the last couple of years, no trades were made until – the latest the day before or the earliest the day before the draft to mostly draft day. But now it's been happening a little earlier. And if you can get the right deal and you just, you know, you're trying to make your strategy, then, Hey, go ahead and make the, make the deal. But who knows what's true, but supposedly when San Francisco made that trade, the guy they were eyeballing is, is Mac Jones. And then they fell in love with Trey Lance after the pro day, but they still didn't have, you know, they did it. On, I I'm I I know I've said this before, but we had uh, Daniel Jeremiah, or I talked to Daniel, we've had him on our show, but I talked to Daniel about this and I go, I don't get it. Why, why is this guy, you know, thought of as going to be a star? Yeah. You know, and, and and he said it's because of what they think he can be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just mm-hmm. said that goes against everything I've learned mm-hmm. in the evaluation of quarterbacks, which mm-hmm. was the old-fashioned way. It was number of starts, number of attempts, et cetera. And, a lot and, of
0: tape. Yeah.
1: yeah. And the more you play, the better chance you got of being an experienced guy. And this is a guy that started one year and then his – final year one game that one game in the fall and that was it and mm-hmm. you know so what the hell do you have to go on mm-hmm. and now he gets hurt you know he, he's a backup his rookie year he plays a couple games this year and then gets hurt out for the rest of the season now they're going into year three they still don't know what the hell they have
0: mm-hmm. it's fascinating stuff greg um I'm going to move on to the next question, another really good one from Adeptus. Uh, he read that DeForest Buckner started as an edge. What's the viability of drafting one of these huge edges and then moving him inside to the three-tech? And I do I, I do remember Buckner playing at edge, for, I think, for the 49ers. And then wasn't it the Colts that moved them inside?
1: Yeah, the traded for him to be a three-tech.
0: Wow. So what do you no, think about it, this it, whole idea?
1: That, that happens all the time. The, the, the guy we talked about... How the hell did he pronounce his name? The kid from Northwestern?
0: At uh, a mom or I, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, whatever.
1: Double A. <laughs> that was an edge player at Northwestern because he was yeah, their he best was... pass rusher. Yes. Okay. He is going to be in the, well, you know, the the three, four teams might not have a big, um, Liking to him because of his size at the at the senior right. boy six one and a half, 285 pounds, but he had thirty-four or thirty-four and a quarter inch arms, real mm-hmm. long arms. He is mm-hmm. a three technique. He is an ideal three technique. You know, look at Warren Sapp and, and Booger McFarland and Tommy Harris. None of them were huge guys. All of them were fast and explosive, and that's what this this guy I think is gonna run four seven mm-hmm. and and really jump well. I I you know, I, I'm excited to see what his workout's going to be, but yeah, there's, and another end, the answer is uh, my USC guy.
0: Oh, uh, to,
1: to yeah, awesome guy. He was a outside guy, 6'4", mm-hmm. 290, uh, had 13, 13 and a half sacks this past year, uh, ha- has played some inside, played, uh, but mostly a five technique guy. So he's listed as a defensive end, but, He'll be another guy that's a a three technique when he gets into the league. You know, depending on the team, he'll be a five technique for a three, for a three, four club. Uh, But for a team like the Bears, he's, he's a three tech. And I think going to be a real damn good one. So it's, um, I'll tell you a guy who I think could end up growing into a three and uh, you know, people won't like hearing this because I don't like him as a defensive end is, is Murphy from Clemson. And he gets a lot of accolades. You know, a lot of people got him as a top 10 guy. Yep. But he doesn't get sacks.
0: <laughs> That's kind of a problem for, a difference know, of what, yeah, <laughs> for an
1: edge. What, what, what's the number one thing a left tackle has to be able to do? Pass block. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's the number one thing you want an edge player to do? Rush the freaking pass.
0: Pass rush. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, you know, he's an advocate. He had a kid going. I keep forgetting that the kid who went number one last year. Yeah. He um, was a freak athlete. Tra- he, Trayvon. Yeah. he, 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 you know, Trayvon Walker was ran a four, five, one. He had long arms. He could change direction like a ballerina. And he never got any sacks. He didn't get him at Georgian. He had three and a half sacks this year. You know, so it's like, okay, I wasted my pick. You know, and that was the first pick in the draft. You know, you're if you're going to draft a guy to sack quarterbacks, you better have some experience drafting hey, look, quarterbacks. And Anderson, nice. Anderson's got 30-something sacks in, in his three-year college career at Alabama. He's averaging better in 10 a year. He's got 27, I think, in the last two years. 26 and a half, 27. He sacks the quarterback. That's what his job is. Yeah. You know, so Adeptus. don't – I think – Murphy could end up being a, you could grow him into a three. He might be a yeah. damn good one.
0: Hmm. Adeptus asked a good question. Is it, do you think that these guys like Walker and Murphy, is it because they're lacking instincts? I mean, they've got the physical tools to be double digit sack masters, but do you think in some cases it could be because they lack instincts?
1: Some of it could be coaching. I mean, okay. you know, but what, but, but Clemson comes up with some pretty damn good defensive linemen over the years. Mm-hmm. And and so, I almost want to throw. It. So, it's got to be. You know, this is the case of of uh, Miles. It, it it's got to be the instincts, the hand use, et cetera, knowing exactly what you got to do in the, in a certain situation, how you win the leverage game. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, I can come up with. Got a half a dozen guys I'd rather have than him. Now, if he I if if I already got my my sacker mm-hmm. and we're in the middle of the first round and I want a left end, okay, I might do that. Because the guy's a good player. And, but I think in, in the Bears scheme, he's he fits the profile of a left end who you mm-hmm. want. Most teams are right-handed, so they run to that side, and you want a little. Sturdier guy, he's gonna be about 275, and he plays the run well. He just mm-hmm. doesn't do what an edge guy should do, and that's get a lot of sacks. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh let's go back to questions. Uh goods Godson Goodson. Godson Godson. Uh what do you think about Clancy? Uh Kalijah Clancy. We've done a uh, draft report uh, for him on Barroom Draft Exclusives. I can't
1: wait until they get you know, and, and they don't put these guys prey him on the stage anymore. It's all done in private. All right. Um, I can't wait until his measure will come out his height and weight and his arm length. Uh, his tape is really, really impressive. Uh, and the best way to describe him is he's a poor man's Aaron Donald from the same school. Mm-hmm. It's like Aaron Donald Jr. all over again. He's as good as Aaron Donald was? No. But I'll tell you what, he's not that far away. And if he is six foot and he's got good arm length, can you look up um, Aaron Donald? I think he was 6'1, 280 something. And he had like 32 and a half inch arms, uh, maybe 32 and three quarters. You can put Aaron Donald combine results. and thirty two.
0: 82 and 5.8 uh, was the arm measurement, hand size, 9.7.8.
1: Big hands. How tall was he? 6'1 uh, even. 6'1 even and 280-something, right? Correct, 285. Okay. And if, if this guy is comes in at over 6 feet and he has decent arm length, I don't think he goes in the first round, but I think he might go in the second. <laughs> but, again, it's going to be – teams that are playing the bears type defense that are g- going to gravitate towards him and not, uh, somebody said, or John Randall. Clone. Well, John Randall was the very first three technique. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. and again, another smaller, fast, explosive guy. Excellent.
0: We've got one or two more questions here to go. Jimmy, Tony, wanted to know your thoughts on the center uh, free agent, Garrett Bradbury. Uh,
1: I, I, I can't answer it because I haven't studied him. You yeah. know, if, if it was a name that I thought – the guy's a pretty good player. Uh, mm-hmm. I did him coming out, and I had him as a first-round pick coming out. I think he went in the first round uh, to Minnesota. Good football player. He was a good player in college. Um, how good he's been since he's been in the pros, I couldn't tell you. Uh, he's probably going to cost some money. And again, I'm going to go back. If they still feel the same way about Patrick as they did, and you throw in the circumstances of he, you know, he got hurt and only played, you know, they, they signed him to be the center and he played one quarter of a, of a game at center. I think they go back to that. But they, we're going to know because we're going to see what's going to happen to them. They could mm. cut them loose and it's going to cost them a little over a million dollars in cap space on, on the amortized portion of the signing bonus and that's it. So uh, they very well could and and we'll know the answer to that within the next couple of weeks. And if that's the case that they're moving on from him, then you could, it's a decent class and they could draft a guy or they could go after a guy like Bradbury. But I think, you know, from Everything I've been told, people that are supposedly in the know, the first thing they're looking for on the offensive line is a right tackle. And they're going to try to fill that need in free agency. But wanting to do it and hoping to do it doesn't mean you will do it. You got to make a deal. Yeah. yeah. That's the tricky
0: part of this free agency period. It's just not like there are tons of right tackles who can play in this scheme. Well, there's it no left not...
1: tackles. You look at there there's no left, no. There except Orlando Brown, and he's going to probably get tagged again and re signed with, uh, yeah. you know, Kansas Jeez. City. There's no way that Kansas City's going to let him go. Yeah. Interesting.
0: All right. Uh, let's tackle a couple. Uh, You know, MuckMuck posted a thought that I wanted you to react to. He says if he was a top prospect, he would never attend the Combine. Now, if you are... Uh, a top prospects agent, uh, and you have a lot of experience with agents, Greg. Would you, if the player told you that, what would be your reply to him? And again, remember, you are from, you are the player's agent. You this want my,
1: my my real answer, uh, unfiltered. Or you want my family television answer,
0: <laughs> unfiltered. Please.
1: Are you fucking out of your mind? <laughs> you don't. He doesn't have to work out. That's fine. Right. The reason gotta... he's going to the combine is to get the medical done, and all thirty-two <laughs> teams get the medical. He skips the medical portion of the combine. That poor sucker is going to be going through about twenty-five different physicals. That's and cool. why would he? Why would he put himself through that agony? Exactly.
0: <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's a great answer. You'd be a great agent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We just got this one here. Uh, John T says, Hi, Greg. What do you think? Who do you think is the best offensive lineman in this draft? And who who is also a sleeper? Somebody that people are overlooking a bit in this draft.
1: I don't know about the sleeper. You know, it's for the money, Skoransky's pretty damn good. But he's yep. not going to be a tackle. Unless all of a sudden he spends today, tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday on the rack. <laughs> <laughs> and they stretch because now we don't have verifieds, And he's an underclassman. So he couldn't go to an all-star game. Uh-huh. But from people who may, and I've seen him in person. And but people have made school calls this year, they all say the same thing. He's he hit he, he, the longest his arms will be, will be about 32 and a quarter, and he might not be 6'4. So let's hmm. say he's 6'3 three and 3 quarters, and he's got 32 and a quarter, 32 and a half inch arms. He's a guard, mm-hmm. okay, and he's not tall enough nor is he long enough to play outside on the edge. And – and. You know, you could look at uh, Zach Martin, Notre Dame, who was a left tackle at Notre Dame, and then he goes to the combine. He has 32 and a half inch arms. Dallas takes him in the first round, and he's going to probably mm-hmm. end up in the Hall of Fame as a guard. Okay, that's Skoransky. <laughs> you know, the, they're this pretty close to the same player. The guy should be a hell of a player, but. I don't think it's going to be a tackle unless he surprises everybody. And, and the linemen are going last, so we're not going to know how big he is on mm-hmm. Friday. We'll probably get it on Friday because they're working out on Sunday. Thursday or Friday, they'll do the, the weigh and measure on him, and, and you know it'll be leaked out exactly what he is. But uh, um, I, I just can't see it happening. The next guy I like at tackle – would be Paris Johnson. And what I I like about him is that now this year he played left tackle and he played pretty good at left tackle, but the year before that he played right tackle. So, Mm -hmm. you know what he can do, but okay. How do the bears get him? Well, you'd have to be trading down into like the 10, 12, 13 spot area around in there. And then he, that's going to be, where where he's going to go, and then you're bypassing a defensive player, and it also means you struck out in free agency.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, Skoronsky is a fascinating player, and another fascinating player is Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Uh, John and Mr. Shorty both asked the same question. What do you think about Tyree Wilson potentially being a three-tech?
1: No, no, not he, he's, an no. End. no he's an end. He's a long, tall guy. He's not going to work out either, by the way. And mm-hmm. that came out earlier today. He, uh well, he broke his foot. At oh, the end of the season, true. he missed the last two or three games. Mm-hmm. He is now working out, but he's not close to being 100%. So he's going to be a guy that is going to probably not work out. He said he's waiting for the pro day, but if he's not ready for the pro day, he'll push it back into April. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because... Uh, and, and you can't blame him because of, you know, the injury happened in November and you've got to, you know, get the bone healed and you got to get the strength back. And then you got to, that ankle or foot, wherever, whatever bone he broke, he's got to be able to go through that pounding of doing the change of direction and running and all that other stuff. And mm-hmm. so I think the later he can do it is the best. He, uh, well, Daniel Jeremiah did a mock the other day, and he had Tyree going in front of Anderson as the first guy off the gut. He he's interesting as hell, and one one of the most frustrating guys to watch uh, because the way you know the way Texas Tech uses him, he's really mm-hmm. like a three-four outside linebacker, and it's only about. 60% of the time when they get into third long, is he actually rushing the passer? A lot of times he's dropping back in the coverage and you're looking at the tape and you just want to break it, you know, because you say, <laughs> what are you doing? You know? Yes. You know, yes. And, and, and I know what they're doing. They're saying we're trying to win the games the way we want to win. them. we don't give a shit about you, you know, no. so, uh, but still he's the best pass rusher they had. And, mm-hmm he has the traits to be a freaky pass rusher. And even, you know, he had, I think, seven or seven and a half each of the last two years. And that's when you figured he's only pass rushing half the time. So Mm -hmm. think of what he'd have if he was, you know, like Anderson and and, and being a full-time pass rusher.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Boy, oh boy. Uh, So let me ask you about these that's probably one of the storylines we have to, we Bears fans have to follow the, the 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 closest among among others, of course, is what are the medicals going to be for this particular player, Tyree Wilson? Because, you know, in, in Danny Shimon's draft report on him, he said the most important thing I want to see is what are the doctors at the combine going to say about those that bone that he uh, broke. Oh yeah, and-
1: as soon as he gets there, I mean, yeah, the doing the defensive lineman first. So I think his medical's tomorrow. Yeah. And, okay. Because I, I, you know, the Bears' doctors are my doctors. Okay. And my doctor's going down there today. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, You'll so, be doing tests tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think the medicals start tomorrow, mm-hmm. and uh, which is two days before because the linemen are, are working out on Thursday. So, right. um, but, you know, he probably gets in town today,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, could be there right now. I mean, you know, if, if you're coming from Lubbock, Texas, you might have had a lot yesterday because that's in the middle of freaking nowhere. Yeah. That's the place I told you about. I went through a dust storm in West Texas. That's drove oh, me yeah. down to Lubbock.
0: <laughs> <don't love> it.
1: <laughs> it, it's out in the middle of nowhere. And. He's probably got to go from Lubbock to Dallas to Indianapolis to, mm-hmm. or Lubbock to Denver if they got a flight from Lubbock to Denver to Indianapolis. But he's uh, he's a heck of a player. And they'll do an MRI the minute he gets there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll have that. They'll do an X-ray. Uh, they'll mm-hmm. examine it. They'll see how the surgery looks, uh, how the healing process has been. And uh you know, they might even send it, you know, I don't know exactly what the, the bone break was. Was it a, a, a Liss-Frank? Was it a fifth metatarsal? Was it just something else? Yeah. I, you know, who knows what the hell it was? And th- they could send the, the MRI and the um, uh, x-rays. x-rays to a foot specialist. Mm-hmm. and who you know and each team's going to have their own um and i i know the guy I, i'm not going to say his name but i know who the the guy is that chicago tends to do he's the guy who did my achilles tendon uh and he's very good so that they're you know, they're going to have experts look at stuff like that and then that guy's going to say you know there could be some issues with him and what well here's what happens with some of that because it's interesting because you can get a guy that looks like okay it it, it it's good but there's like in his let's say it's a knee and there's mm-hmm. some minor arthritic changes in his knee now and he's 22 years old well mm-hmm. those minor arthritic changes in his knee now are only going to get worse and so if they're moderate now then they that's what starts putting up the red flags well, yeah. you might only get 3 years out of this guy Or four years. And the doctors will tell you that. And that's what makes the the medical very valuable. And that's why sometimes you can see a guy that you assume is going to be a high guy go a little lower. Guys drop for two reasons. Their medical and their character.
0: Not Mm -hmm. their talent. Yeah. Which is why, again, I you know what, Greg? I was thinking about this uh recently. The NFL wants to look at another uh, revenue-generating idea. How about if they videotaped all of these meetings at the combine between team and player and at least put together a two, three-minute highlight package of those conversations? I, as a fan, would include that you know in a purchase of a la carte items that the nFL is pushing out because i'd love to see this, this I interview think with I, the Bears.
1: I, I, it's a great idea i think but i don't think you'd ever see it because a lot of it's too private
0: yeah well that's the stuff that you cut out you know at least let's see him up at the board you know uh rolling out some plays and stuff john felsetta wants to know your well thoughts you know who used to
1: do that in fairness huh when 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 before Gruden got back into coaching and he was doing the ESPN stuff, oh, it was Gruden, great stuff. Gruden did that. That was really good stuff. It was very elementary compared yes. to what it really happens. Really yeah. happens, but it was good stuff. Yeah, and you know, you could. Mariucci you need, yeah, you need to have. But Mariucci doesn't take it deep enough. Gruden okay. took it a little bit deeper. Um, but yeah, you're right. Mariucci does it, but I, I you know. That's what you need, and, and ESPN could do it with Orlowski. Orlowski a pretty smart guy, I don't agree with him all the time, but he's a pretty smart guy. And you know, they could pick that up again with him, and they probably should because it shows a lot, yeah, exactly.
0: John Facetta, want your thoughts on Dewan Jones? Uh, thoughts that you've already from, shared, from, uh,
1: two, Ohio State?
0: The, yeah, the too big tackle, two, T-O-O, too big, right?
1: Yeah, he, he, he will, he. he we're going to make a lot of money, but it ain't going to be with the Chicago Bears. <laughs> That's right.
0: Okay. You know, he, he,
1: cannot, he cannot play in this scheme. And if you watch him carefully, tell me the first time you see him bend his knees. Mm-hmm. He's a straight-legged player. I, I call him a phone booth player, too. I just, But to do what the – let me back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, when Juan Castillo was coaching the offensive line, he's a fit. They're going to probably drool over the guy, but not in this scheme doing, you know, being asked to do what he's going to be asked to do. You give him credit. He's just not, he, I, I doubt he's even going to be on the board. You give him credit for what he is. The guy's going to be a good player, but he's going to have to play in the right scheme.
0: Mm-hmm. Bear says there was a game where uh, Jalen Carter threw Dewan across the field and he, and he was lost for like seven seconds. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, a lot of people are reacting to those highlights that came out of the senior bowl and uh Dewan had an excellent, excellent one on one practice schedule. Yeah, and then he got
1: hurt he, oh after the first day. Got a concussion.
0: So so he claims <laughs> is this was the scuttlebutt down in Mobile. People were Always saying he, the
1: scuttlebutt butt down in Mobile. I mean, you know. Yeah. Okay, I had one good day. Goodbye.
0: Yeah, well, if I'm an agent, I might suggest the same thing. Stick around the week and Have some fun. Go have some beers after practices. Don't worry about stuff. I got it covered.
1: <laughs> so, Go get some gumbo. That's, that's a good gumbo there.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I love the food down there. Greg, this has been a super, I mean, super fun 90 minutes. And, uh, again, I want to make sure that people know that on our patreon.com forward slash barroom draft, we've got – We're posting new material every day. Greg and I just finished taping another dozen-plus players that we'll be posting over the next several days. Uh, Excellent scouting reports, and Danny's are pretty damn good, too. He and I recorded uh, six players uh, last night, and it's uh, really fun stuff. And so I hope that people will visit. It's a very low cost. It's only for two or three months. And as Toa says, Greg Gabriel is the GOAT. You know, what's funny, uh, Greg, is I still can't get over that the goat now means you're the greatest of all time. Where when you and I were growing up, if you were the goat, you were in trouble.
1: You know, <laughs> my, my nickname when I was a kid in the neighborhood was the goat.
0: Is that right?
1: Gregory, it was, it was geez. It was, you know, and, and it was actually <laughs> Danny Dwayne who started it. Um, who was a couple years older than me. There's a ton of kids in my neighborhood. And so it was good, gracious, great, damn, glorious, gruesome, Greggy Gabriel goat grub, and it just would grow on from there. You know, oh, it was all G's because, you know, my name was GG. So, uh, but for years and years and years, up until I was probably in eighth grade, it was a hey, goat, you know. <laughs>
0: Well, and now it is a super good thing to be called goat, and so many thanks know. to all the dozens of people. I, mean, I, uh, I should go
1: back to the old neighborhood, but, not, <laughs> but none of them are there. A lot of these guys are dead now. I mean, you know, we're getting old. <laughs>
0: Don't remind me. <laughs> Don't remind me. So uh, we've also got uh fresh programming. That reminds
1: coming. me. I'm sorry to interrupt you. That reminds I'm me of my interview when I said all these guys are dead now. Because, you know, we used to tape all the interviews. And I'd love, God, I'd lo- I wish I had to call Hendrickson and ask him if they still got him. The, um, but one guy, nice kid, running back from a, from a Southern school. And he was well dressed. And then he goes, he comes in, he goes, yeah. He goes, We said, you know, tell us about your bringing up, your upbringing and, and your friends and neighborhood you grew up in. He goes, Well, all my friends are either dead or alive. Okay. (laughs) 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 Okay. Congratulations on you being here. You're 21 and they're either dead or alive. Okay.
0: (laughs) That'll that'll clue you in as to what there's there's
1: another kid that (laughs) we were talking to and he's just and you're gonna lose me on this, that's which is all right. He's sitting in the chair, and then all of a sudden he just drops down like this. And it's it's like you can't even see him. His head's down in between his legs. And, you know, Jerry jumped up after about two seconds. He goes, You all right? You all right? He goes, I think I just got bit by a motherfucking scorpion. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and, and it's like we all started laughing. This is Indianapolis in February, dude. There are no scorpions here.
0: (laughs) That is crazy. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I want to, before we get out of here, Greg, I want to let people know that this Wednesday at, I think it's 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, we've got the debut of a new show hosted by Mr. Shorty. It is called Open Mic. It'll be on every couple of weeks or so. And Open Mic means that there are going to be a lot of you people, barflies. Being a part of the show, actually being a major part of the show, Mr. Shorty will be uh, handling your question or, or uh, asking you questions and uh, Barfly's Bears fans can express their thoughts on what's going on but happening with the Chicago Bears and what could potentially happen. It's going to be a great show. It's this Wednesday night. Watch for it here in the Barroom Network. And the best way to stay on top of everything here at the Barroom Network is just to subscribe to our audio podcast which you can find anywhere into our youtube channel that is the best thing greg um your it's twitter i gotta to
1: talk to you for a second so okay your
0: twitter handle at g g a b e football uh is ever so popular so if you're not following greg on twitter you are doing yourself a disservice that is our show for today we will see you very soon thank you everybody and thank you greg
1: see you later We'll <laughs>